Hey, Smarties. One of the major goals of Learn Smarter, the educational therapy podcast, is to create community. Let's start normalizing what's happening in your home and in your family right now. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Welcome, Smarties, to episode 01 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. My name is Rachel Cap, And I'm Stephanie Pitts. We're excited to begin this podcasting journey with you. And today's topic is really an important one to Steph and I. And there are some true and meaningful reasons of all these things we're going to talk about on this podcast, from executive functioning to reading to writing to math to how to be a smart student in the classroom environment. We are starting with this topic of you're not alone. Steph, what are some of the reasons you think we're starting here? The reason that I think we're starting here is because when we have parents calling us, it's sort of a narrative that we hear over and over again. Right. Right? It's a parent that's calling and is having trouble with their child in school and they've lost their self-esteem regarding school and the parents just don't know what to do. And we hear this time and time and time again. And one of the major traits of parents who are calling us as educational therapists is that they feel isolated. There's not a sense of community when parents are going through these types of challenges in the academic setting or in the home setting with their child, which is one of the reasons we created this podcast is to create and serve this community. There's not a place to go to to talk about how difficult it really can feel to a lot of parents. There are three really important things that we want all families to know, no matter where you are in your journey with your different learners. The first is that any child who is atypical, whether they have a diagnosis or not, it's very hard to parent. It's not what parents expected when you had this like beautiful newborn baby or if you adopted whatever age, whatever the hopefulness that you had, this isn't what you were expecting. So taking a little bit of time and acknowledging that this is different than what you expected is really, really critical in moving forward in supporting your child who is struggling. The second thing is comparison is really an evil thing. This boils down to comparing your children against each other. If you have twins or even comparing your children to other children that you see in the classroom. If you're one of those moms that gets to go in and volunteer in the classroom and you see all these other kids doing all these things, knowing that you have to meet your child where they're at. And that's where we come in. But the one thing that we really want families to keep in mind is that you are running your own race with your family. And what this means for us is that your child is running their own race. You're running your own race as a parent. So if you're comparing yourself to another family, as my dad always said, there's always going to be someone more beautiful and richer and thinner and that goes on fancier vacations than you. And comparing is really, really a difficult thing. It's a very human experience to compare yourself. Yeah. But when you think about only comparing your child to who they were three months ago, versus where they are now, or comparing your marriage to where it was two years ago versus where it is now, 
that is where true gratitude can stem from. And also acknowledging all the growth that actually, hopefully, has occurred in your family structure. And will occur. And will occur. We're going to talk about mindset a lot on this podcast. But one of our greatest mindset tricks, I'll just tell you straight off the bat, is whatever you're saying about your child, my child hates math. Well, your child doesn't like math yet. If you add a yet onto almost any sentence, it turns it into a hopeful sentence. So if you can even reframe whatever your number one complaint is about your child, my child does not pack their own lunch. Well, my child does not pack their own lunch yet, turns it into a goal, turns it into an opportunity, and turns it into something that your family can aspire to. The seven common characteristics of parents who call both of us. Now, remember, Rachel and I have practices in different parts of Los Angeles. Our practices are very different. Yes. We serve different types of clients. Yes, exactly. And so when Rachel and I sat down to really talk about this podcast and what it might be that is a common theme among all of the parents... We definitely came up with seven things that we're seeing reoccurring. And and these are the big things that we want you to know so that you can see that you are definitely not alone. We're sharing these seven common characteristics with you because we think they're going to resonate and you're going to realize there are other families who are experiencing the same thing. So we wanted to share these seven common characteristics to normalize whatever the experience you're having is and to help you start to feel a sense of community of families who are experiencing like-minded challenges. And the first one is you've had your school, a teacher, somebody identify that there is something going on with your student. And you've either had a formal assessment by a neuropsych or a clinical psychologist And they're calling because they've already experienced a lot of heartbreak. I've had clients that have high schoolers who call and say, Mm -hmm. back in second grade, we noticed dot, 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 fill in the blank. It doesn't matter what it is. It's usually something that is similar no matter what grade or age. But the teacher said dot, dot, dot. So that is definitely the number one thing I think we both see. Families have had a lot of heartache already when they're walking in the door to come to an educational therapist. The second common characteristic of parents who call us is they want help. They want school to feel better for their kid. They want school to feel better for them and in watching their kid. Yes. They want homework time to go smoother. They don't want struggle with their child. And they are hoping that somebody will have at least some answers to help support them and to start in that process of making progress. That whole journey of, well, let's think back to where we were two months ago versus where we are now, comparing only their child to their child, to where their child was. And the third common characteristic that we find is that parents who call feel like they wish they had known sooner. All of them. Every single time we get this. And I think it's really important to note that if you know now, you can move forward. Mm -hmm. And what you didn't know is not the end of the world. Is there's this element of guilt 
that they should have known sooner. It's a very, very complicated issue. And Steph and I will both tell you, we've had clients call with second graders who have said this to us. The parents have said this to us. Or we've had high schoolers who the parents have said this to us. So there's this undercurrent of guilt of we could have done something had we known. But now you do know. And now you're dealing with it. And we have to move forward from where we are. The second element of guilt that I think a lot of families experience in this whole realm of we wish we had known sooner is the element of guilt that they could have potentially passed this on to their children. Whatever challenges the child is having in the classroom, the parent can totally relate. And if you're the parent who can relate to your child, there is an element of like, oh my goodness, I passed this on to my kid. And you don't want your kid to suffer in school if you did as a parent as well. The fourth element of common characteristics of parents who call us is the disagreement between parents about what to do. And this includes anything from medication to seeing an educational therapist sometimes to letting the child fail versus not. There's definitely different elements of that. And there is a lot of disagreement. And this includes when the parents are together or the parents are divorced. I see it all the time. What about you, Rachel? I see it a lot in my practice in Beverly Hills as well. The parent calling us is usually the one who's a little more open to the support. For me in my practice, it tends to be the parent who's primarily at home the parent who sees the classroom environment more frequently or has a stronger connection with the teacher. It also tends to be the parent who sees whatever challenge in their kid and their partner and is calling and sharing. But Steph, that's different for you. In your practice, it's the opposite, right? I think I have a lot of parents who are calling me because they realize when they see what their child is going through, that that's what they went through themselves. And it's almost this epiphany of, oh my gosh, it wasn't my fault. I'm not dumb. And I don't know how many times I could... I know what you're going to (laughs) say. I know. How many times I have a parent call and say, two things. You're everything I never knew I needed. And where were you when I was a kid? 100%. Almost all parents say to me, I wish I had been lucky enough to have an ed therapist when I was a kid. And it wasn't a career that existed at that point, but they would have benefited from the help. And so they're going to seek out that help for their student. Oftentimes, their student will go home and teach strategies to the parents. That's happened a lot to me. Has that happened to you, Steph? Yeah, I think especially for the older ones or for sure. the younger ones that come home and get excited when yes. we've been doing something in session and want to show... Show off. Yeah, totally yeah. show off about something. It's very cute. And I hear about it later. I love it. That's the night we get the follow-up email from the parent, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fifth common characteristic of parents who call us is that they're fighting with their child. Mainly, I would say they're fighting with their child about homework. Their child doesn't want to write. Their child doesn't want to do the math homework. Their child does not want to read those 20 minutes that the teacher has assigned. This fighting with their child is a real sign of something maybe going on, particularly because there's a fundamental belief that Steph and I both share, which is that when children can do something, they will. If a child is avoiding something, it's because it's hard. Yeah. And I often tell parents that there's very few children 
that really don't want to do something and succeed right or to give it their all or to impress their parents or their teachers very often they've been trying they're trying and it's hard and we define success in littles as Steph and I call them the little ones or yeah little or yeah. our our kids by their grades and how they're doing in school. That's a point of pride. And kids are very aware of that. And that's how they're getting their self-esteem too. I get it. I'm getting my self-esteem from work also. Yeah. And when I do well, I feel good. And so this is something that when you find yourself fighting with your child, it's something that's common amongst a lot of parents. So know that. But also it's an opportunity to recognize there's a reason this has been a reoccurring issue in our house. What would you add, Steph? They really don't want to be fighting and they really do want to do well for you. Mm -hmm. So remember, depending on the age, if your child is older and a teenager and they're fighting with you, developmentally, that's probably appropriate. Mm -hmm. But if you have a little, meaning an elementary school-aged kid, and you're fighting about homework and something that is designed, that their teacher sent home is designed to take 15 minutes and it's taking two hours, it's definitely time to look and figure out what you can do to make things a little bit different and a little bit easier for everybody involved. We're going to get into this as we get further into the podcast and we have more episodes targeting specific problem areas. And you might be surprised by some of our advice, including if something only is supposed to take 15 minutes and it's taking your child two hours, we may need to put a 25-minute time limit on this assignment and then call it a day. Yeah. The sixth reason and common characteristic that parents call us is because they're at the end of their rope. I really feel when I get a call like that, I just want you guys to know we get it. Mm -hmm. It's exhausting for you. It's not fun for anybody. It's not fun for your child either. And the best thing that you can do is to start figuring out and helping. And that is through learning different strategies. And if you're not in an area where there is an educational therapist... We promise that we're going to have some things that could probably really help you and your child. And I'll just add this in here. If there's something specific going on in your family and you don't have access to an educational therapist, we're here for you. Connect with us at learnsmarterpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know and maybe you'll hear an episode with your specific question answered coming up soon. Or put it up on the Facebook group. The final and seventh common characteristic of parents who call us is dealing with a child who is starting to resent school or refusing to go to school. This could be anything from the child that doesn't want to go to school in the morning that's in elementary school to a child who's older and really doesn't want to go to high school. Mm -hmm. Wants to graduate early. Yeah, and fair enough. I always tell parents when the child is separating emotionally – from school, it's actually one of the healthiest impulses that I think they can have in terms of supporting or preserving rather their self-esteem. Let's say you have a seventh or eighth grade child who has been trying for seven or eight years to work hard and yield results. And in school results are grades, right? And they are consistently 
and persistently being told it's not good enough, you didn't do this right, you didn't know all the information. And they've been trying. I also would emotionally disconnect from school because why would I keep trying at something that doesn't feel good to me? So when you have this kid who's having school refusal, it's actually a healthy impulse in your child. But now you have the added element of there's disconnected motivation and emotional disconnect that we have to work with these kids on in order to get them to even attempt to try again. They've had a lot of quote unquote failure. And so reframing that failure and getting them to re-engage is a part of the educational therapy process. Smarties, if any of these have resonated with you, I have an action step for you to take right now. Keep a running physical list of all the different things that you love about your child. This could be anything from the way your child giggles when you tickle them (laughs) to the way your child gets really excited when they've accomplished something like riding their bike or when they've been able to clean their room or just anything that you love about your child. I often tell parents to do this because they really are feeling frustrated and we really want you to get back in touch with why you love your child. What makes them an awesome person? Yeah, because they are. They're awesome little people. We often say that mm-hmm. about about clients. They're mm-hmm. awesome little people. Mm-hmm. So if you feel comfortable, post it up on the Smarties page. We want to know what lovable traits you can come up with about your kid. We want to hear all the funny anecdotes and wonderful moments and what makes your kids so cool. And we also want to remind you that there's a lot of fear that I think all parents have. What's going to happen to my child when? What's going to happen to my child when they go to middle school? What's going to happen to my child when they start driving a car? What's going to happen to my child when they go to college and they aren't in the safety of my home anymore? And the things that you love about your kid is what is going to make them lovable to the world. It's not whether or not they know their math facts. They will be employable because they will be awesome people to be around. And that's who employers want to keep around, people that they like. So we just always want to remind parents that there's so much you can do to support your child in the academic setting, but it's only one part of their life and it's only one facet of their life. And so kind of taking that step back and remembering what's so cool about your kid is really, really critical. And another thing to do is find a community for yourself. On Facebook, there's groups. And you might talk to your child's teacher. You might talk to your pediatrician. There's people around you that are going through the same thing you're going through right now. We have a couple of online resources that we love and we would love to recommend to you. And if you're on Facebook, you can follow almost all of these, which we would highly recommend because it's super fun when an article comes up or a question comes up or a resource or strategy comes up that is really pertinent to your student. One is understood.org. Another is Attitude, which is a magazine and also has a presence on Facebook. It's spelled A-D-D, like A-D-D-I-T-U-D-E. And I want to tell parents, too, this is also a great resource for if you have just realized that your child might have ADHD or not. It could be anything else. And you are realizing for the first time that maybe you have it, too. 
there's resources for adults. So check that out. It's great. And we do want to let you know that we are actually affiliated with this company, but we aren't getting any sort of kickback by recommending them. We genuinely think what they do is amazing. And that is going to be something that we hold really near and dear to our hearts. We're never going to endorse something because we're being paid to endorse it. We're going to endorse something because we truly believe in that. And that's our commitment to you. But one thing that I want you guys to check out, especially for an atypical kid, is a company called Impact ADHD. We think they have a lot to offer in terms of parent coaching, and it is a community of active and engaged parents who you might find some comfort in and some help. Yeah, and remember, there's homeschooling Facebook groups in your area. There's online mommy groups. Even if it's not in your city, you'd be amazed at some of the things that you can see and relate to other people around the world with. And for sure... Don't forget to connect with us in the Smarties of the Learn Smarter Podcast Facebook group. We're on there regularly. There's a lot of people who you guys can connect with and really help each other out. Mm -hmm. Steph and I are also available if you'd like to book us for a one-hour, one-time strategy session to chat about your family and your child and what is going on in your individual home. We would really love and be honored to have the opportunity to support you. You can learn more about this by going to our website, www.learnsmarterpodcast.com, and click on the Work With Us page for more information about how to sign up for that. You can contact us at learnsmarterpodcast.com or learnsmarterpodcast at gmail.com or... Or on Instagram at Learn Smarter Podcast. Basically, all our handles are Learn Smarter Podcast. Is there a theme going on there? Yeah. And you can join the Smarties Facebook group by clicking on the link on our website. And we'll be happy to give you access to our growing community. And as always, you can follow me at Cap Ed Therapy on Instagram. And me, Steph, at My Ed Therapist. Have a great day and we'll see you next time.